0: The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: Are you ready?
0: All right, it's going down. I'm psyched for this Saturday night's uh, show. I have my friend Tracy Elizabeth in studio. And uh, you might have known her from the TV show Janice Dickinson. Uh, modeling agency, it was, a, it was a huge TV show, and uh, you were one of the uh, the models on there. I was. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into your whole story, because you know now you're doing prison ministry, you're a model, you still model. I do. Uh, you're very interesting. I met you, um, I don't even remember, we were just talking about, we were at the Crave okay. Rave. Yeah. Yeah. And we met, and we were, we were hanging out talking, and you told me your story, and this is why I wanted to bring you on the radio show, obviously. But uh, we haven't really hung out. You know, since then, since that night. But it's been funny because I've been following you on Instagram. And, uh, (laughs) dude, you're funny. You you post some funny stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big (laughs) social media person, though. I never really got into the wave of it. Yeah. Of just, you know, it taking off i don't know i never bought followers i could just say
0: that well you use it correctly i mean i see the the funny stuff you know when we went into this whole covid thing and you know the 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 post that went along with it and recently you posted like you got a chicken or something i
1: did yeah i got a chicken where
0: was that at what is it
1: um it is a um i'm trying to think polish chicken
0: it's a polish chicken (laughs) where'd you buy the chicken
1: uh, just <laughs> offline. Oh,
0: you so I, it yeah, so I bought it online?
1: Yeah, so I have a chicken. Um, I have three. One of them's honey. Okay. The other one's trinity. And then there's one, and he his head, it's like he's Polish, I think. Yeah. He has, like, this huge hair on his head. Yeah. He, I named him, I want to name him Luna-Tick. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Is that I, the one that you? That's razor. the one you posted
0: the picture of, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Okay, but hold on. You live in Hollywood, right?
1: I live in the Valley.
0: Okay, but I still, moved like, to the
1: Valley. I used to live in the city. I'm out.
0: Okay, but you have chickens. Like that's kind of weird. I do
1: in the backyard. They lay one egg a day, so you got four eggs a day. They're little babies, but they'll I think they'll lay eggs in about three or four months.
0: Do your neighbors trip on you because you have chickens? Like that's kind no, of no. About...
1: They're kind of quiet. Really? I want to get a hot pink leash uh-huh. and put it on a leash when it gets big, and then like take and just it kind of walk around. But then they go to the bathroom a lot yeah. so I have to put maybe a diaper on them I don't know are they pretty messy <laughs> yeah they are yeah. they're birds I mean they walk yeah. in their own feces and it's yeah. bad they're well, the cutest things in the world they're low maintenance in dogs my dog passed years ago and mm. d- animals are a lot of work
0: yeah, no, they are. That's why we don't have any animals right now. The only animals I have are my kids.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> I go, I can't have more animals. Also. I can't, we can't clean more poop. I was actually in a chicken coop uh, this weekend, actually in Idaho with my daughters. Oh, that's awesome. And there, okay. was, uh, there was about 20 chicks, I guess they're called chicks. Yes. And then six chickens. Yeah. They were laying eggs right there. And right. literally, my daughters would not leave the chicken coop. I go, we drove all the way to Idaho for yeah. them to stay in this chicken coop at 100 degree weather. And they loved it. They were literally turning red. Yeah,
1: well, they're fun because they kind of have their attention span short, so they're just all over the place. And kids love that because it's the same. So Mm -hmm. they're just Mm -hmm. all over the place.
0: It was epic. Okay, (laughs) so hey, so I've been watching you on Instagram, and once the whole pandemic happened, you ended up just doing some guy crazy tour. You were in like Palm Springs.
1: I was out of town. I left. I thought the world's ending. I had a dream five years ago, actually, Uh Uh that the world was going to end. And I ended up in Orange County at my dad's house, and... We, for us to leave the house, we had to carry guns and mm. everyone was killing each other. Wow. So I just thought, okay, maybe this is second coming of yeah. Christ is yeah. coming. I didn't panic, but yeah. I definitely thought I, I called my dad. I go, make sure you have enough water for three years. Yeah. Get your guns ready, your ammo, yeah. have gasoline, you yeah. know, just in yeah. case they shut down gas stations. I was just so crazy. So instead of just staying put mm-hmm. like a normal person does, yeah. I decided to go on vacation yeah. <laughs> for three months. I was in Palm Springs, Lake Havasu, Orange County, L.A., did the circle of just in that area?
0: Well, it's true. We don't know when Jesus is coming. You know, it's any time you got to be ready because uh, right. you don't know how crazy it's going to get up to the point when he comes. Right. So, yeah, guns, ammo, water, you know, our family, we got that all. We're yeah. ready, you know, in case something Firewood, happens.
1: Firewood, just in case we have to kill eat I dead don't, bodies. I don't, I
0: don't have, <laughs> I'm not eating bodies, but... I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're definitely no, not, hey, but you never know. You, know, what's, you no, know,
0: it's crazy because when you look at... Um, like what, what happened in Russia during the war and all that stuff. They were mm. they were uh they were eating uh each other to survive. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like yeah, even, absolutely.
0: even back in the old in the Bible days mm. or, you know, in, in the old testament when they would put a siege on the city, they started uh, eating, you know, right. themselves because they to survive. So right. it could get crazy. You hope to God that God comes before anything like that ever happens. But yeah, be ready. You never know the time or the hour when Jesus is gonna come That's and true. You, you need to always uh, be ready and make sure you that be you're... vigilant.
1: Be smart, you know? Exactly. You never know. Are they going to loot grocery stores next? And then we don't no. have food and the food supply is short. We have millions of people in California.
0: Look at what's happening right now. I know we're going to get into your story, but we're just kind of breaking down some stuff really quick. I mean, everything, but there's rioting going on right now. People are taking everything. I mean, it could get crazy where it's I mean, instead of just a, a protest, instead of a protest of, of, you know, the racism and everything that's going on. Right. You know, if it gets crazy, imagine if people are hungry, imagine... Parents
1: that right. are just
0: going to get their kids food. They're right. going to raid. You or know? their
1: elderly parents. Who to, knows you know, what's
0: going to happen. Right. But this is why it's important. The whole focus is that you know, we know that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but a sound mind and discipline. Right. That we need to focus and read the word and know what he's telling us and how to act and what to do during these times. Right. And this is why I wanted to bring you on the radio show because you have a cool story And when I know about when I what I've heard about your story, when you told me that at that event, at that Crave event, is that um, when you look at culture and like overall, like around the world, right, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that are struggling and going through a lot of the things that you went through with your sexuality Mm -hmm. and just life experience. And it's very your story is very relevant to this culture. Right. And that's why I wanted to bring you in to, to talk about it. So we know that you are on a a huge uh, modeling show um, on TV. Uh, You've you've worked and you work with a lot of uh, celebrities and a lot of different people. You're in those circles. But you're also now doing – you're a Christian and you're doing prison ministry, which is so crazy because you would never think – when you told me I do prison ministry, I'm like, really? Like –
1: you, I'm so passionate it about did it. didn't lo- look it. It
0: just didn't I know, I guess I judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. Uh which I hate many people do, but I just I guess I was more in shock. I was like, Oh right. wow. But I, then I immediately I thought, dude, that's so dope. Like because yeah, you, awesome. you have the heart of like, I want to go reach people and that's what I saw when I met you. Right. And that's why I'm like, we're gonna connect and do a radio show.
1: Well, I didn't know I had that in me, you know, yeah. when I started. Um so yeah. I just didn't know.
0: Well, let's let's get into the story so people can hear it all. So you, yes. did, did you grow up in Orange County, is that?
1: I did. I grew up in Orange County. My father is a police officer, very strict. Was born and raised in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, very just hard family. we were Ukrainian, very tough people, mm-hmm. and they immigrated to Long Beach. My grandfather um, moved to Orange County in the mid '50s, and then my mother's father was a sergeant of LAPD during the fifties as well. So that was, you know, beating the crap out of black people was that culture back then. And my, my grandfather was a Sergeant of LAPD during that time. And then my father became a police officer for the city of Anaheim. So I grew up with all men, police officers all around me, men my whole entire life. My mother, however, I wasn't really close with her. She left my dad and, you know, got addicted to drugs and became a huge alcoholic. And What, what age was this? Um, she left my life when I was five or six years old. So that you, scarred me for still yeah. till this day. It's sad. Um, I mean, it was really hard for me. It devastated me most of my life.
0: How did that, how did that affect you exactly? Break that um, down a little bit.
1: I've never really let anyone in. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I was always looking for a motherly figure, so I, as I got older and be- went into the entertainment business, I kind of um, gravitated toward more women yep. um, in a homosexuality way. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me. Um, never really would talk about it normally. Um, and my dad was really tough on me. He, I think, looked at me and saw my mom. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, when growing up, you just want to be loved. Yeah. And I never really experienced that from mm-hmm. my dad or my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a really hard life, too. So so from my way as a kid fighting back, got myself into sports. I played roller hockey on a men's team when I was eight years old. Um, got into softball. Like, any, I could throw a football and catch it like a man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. The sport ability I developed being raised by men.
0: I'm going to take you out front to see if you can throw 100%, that football. 100%. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I can. <laughs> and I awesome. will. And it's awesome. So,
0: yeah. So you basically just kind of got into this whole uh just to, as, as an escape you know to not think about that and so many kids are affected about that we've talked about this before on the show that 50 of um of kids that grow up in california come from broken homes
1: yeah i mean so this
0: is very relevant and very common
1: right well and what was hard is i think we grew up near belinda which was this kind of a upper class family oriented city mm. and went to school with a bunch of rich kids. Mm. And though my dad made money and good money, who was always, always was working. So it was always balancing around different families house. But then when my mom would watch us, we would go into meth houses in like garden grove, no at, like way. eight, nine years old. And so I'd hang out with these kids that you could tell they weren't bathed properly and they just didn't shower. And then the guy of that owned the house looked like, you know, he was clearly on meth and oh, my yeah. mom would go in the bedroom with them for 30 minutes and then me and my brother kind of looking at each other because my dad's family is this conservative family and then here I am like half of the week going into these meth houses at eight, and nine years old.
0: How old are you at this time? Five?
1: Eight and eight and nine at this point. Oh.
0: Okay, well she left at but five.
1: But then, you know, when she would come and visit, and so hang she out okay, once so she didn't just
0: disappear. No, but no,
1: no, she was just in and out of my life. Dude, for horrible. Most, yeah, it was it was devastating because yeah. when you're a kid, all you want is your parents' attention, especially yeah. that love and affection from a mother figure. And I never got that, you know. Um, and then I think she, you know, used my dad for child support money, and then yep. wow, that's that's heavy. Yeah, I know it was hard because. Um, you know she's a beautiful woman, and I've seen a lot of people like ruin their lives over drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen, especially with divorces. Like you see people, their lives are destroyed.
0: Now, how was was your dad affected through all this? I mean, did he did he go into like drinking a lot? Or was no, he, my
1: father was a police officer, so, so he, he just was just straight by. It. He stayed focused on his work. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is you're raising two children, yep. you're single, you're a police officer, you're working forty five hours a week. Um, you know, and he was hard on me because he looked to me as my mom. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I had that, like,
0: but you weren't your mom. You were no. an individual, and that's the thing is you could look so much like someone and you yeah. would think that they're like that. But they're well, good because options. of
1: that, I never even do- still to this day I never tried drugs. Was yeah. always scared, you know. Drank some, yeah. partied some, but yeah, yeah I had never. really bad experiences. Yeah, growing up, it was not easy at so, all.
0: So you grew up in this crazy environment. Yes, and. When did you even decide to get into, like, how the whole modeling thing, how the whole, how'd your whole career thing birth from you grew up in this environment and then you get hooked up with Hollywood? What was that whole transition? My
1: dad was basically telling me you're not going to end up like your mother. So you better go do something with your life. Mm -hmm. He didn't financially support me. I put myself first semester college, had three jobs still in Orange County. I'm like, I don't know what to do. People, when I was growing up, were like, oh, you should go into modeling. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't care. It's, like, the least of my worries. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into an agent's office in Santa Ana, brand, model, and talent agency. They basically were like, we really like your look. You have a good commercial look. I got my pictures done right away, booked my first job, then booked the second job. Like, right away, boom, made money right out of high school. Perfect. Was taking home $10,000 paychecks. My dad's like, what? It was shocking. Yeah. And then. Um, 18,
0: 18, 18 years, years old. $10,000 paychecks. Yes. Your life.
1: I made it. Yeah. 18, 19 years old. I was just high on life with making money. Yeah. I, it's unheard of at that age. Yeah. Um, there was a modeling show called Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency. Mm-hmm. I decided, okay, if I go to auditions, all these girls look like me. I need to stand out. It, I always treat it like a business I always yeah, like hustling I need to make money yeah. I can't just go in here and look like all the other girls got on the show Janice was calling me fat right away you're short and you're fat this was when Kate Moss that body type very thin yep. models were eating disorders drugs that yes. was very relevant in the industry still but I came this? in
0: what year was it this when was Kate Moss 2006 and, and seven okay
1: still like just come out of it right Tyra Banks had a show. Janice Dickinson was one of the judges. Tyra fired her. She started her own show. She called me fat all the time.
0: Were you you fat?
1: No, but I was, you know, I had baby fat. I was 19 years old when I got on the show. And Um, and they
0: were looking for like skin and bones. They
1: were looking for 5'10", 105 to 10 pound models. Very thin. Like as thin as I remember seeing
0: pictures of Kate Moss and I'm like, that's like skin. But
1: that was fashion. I mean, it yeah. so kind of is in Europe, but so for me, mm-hmm. I was 19 going, listen, this girl's not going to screw up my money and my career. I stood up to her and I was like, you know what? We're in California on the show. Yeah. This is the look that I, I don't, I'm going to work and make money. And I did, I made money beside, outside of her show. Yeah. And I stood up to her and it made history because like Ricky Lake had a show and I remember running into her at a couple of parties and became friends with her. And she would say, oh, come, my God, come a little bit
0: closer to the mic. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I would run into Ricky Lake mm-hmm. at my executive producer's house at a house party and she'd mm-hmm. go, you know, I'm so proud that you were like able to stand up you know and then after we decided to go back and forth on the show the entire bank started having the plus size models on her show oh. and so stuff started getting real with that industry with wow. weight wow. so Janice and I molded the, I don't know what you call it, but we were the first to bring up weight. And I, her you guys and so I changed yep. the industry yeah. of weight. So yeah. now we have like the Kardashians and the plus size models and they're uh-huh. all making money and, and voluptuous. Where did it start? I, Tyra Banks takes credit for it, but I actually started with Janice Dickinson and I on our show.
0: That is so crazy. Cause I was, was talking to my wife deal. about that. I'm like, whoa, there's been such a shift yes. from when we were growing up it was always these really, really like skin and bones. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what happened to the shift here? Like what, when, right. did, when did that all happen? And that was, obviously I don't watch modeling shows, right. but it's funny to have this history. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah,
1: because like I said, the modeling industry is always about real thin, you know, eating yeah. disorder. I don't care if you starve, you have to work and make yeah. money, fashions this. And I came on and I'm like, I'm not going to starve myself. I am who I am mm-hmm. and I'm making money and I'm a commercial model. And
0: that's You it. like it or you don't. And that just helps so many girls get rid of the, all those insecurities and yes. and all that stuff. Okay, so you get you start the show with Janice. Yes, it blows up. What happens to you during this time? Because you're not a believer in Christ. You're never grew up. Were you atheist that. or.
1: I was an atheist. I used to look at Christians and I used to make a joke. I'm like, "Oh, they're so happy people. Like, they're the fakest people in the world." But I don't judge them. That's how I used to think about Christians my whole life.
0: (laughs) So how did? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. How did? Because you look at a Christian, you're like, "Why are they so happy?" You know? Right. Well, well, they 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 really like the fake a lot. So how did Hollywood affect your life in this modeling industry?
1: Well, when I started making money and I was traveling and working with Janice Dickinson, I started to meet celebrities, go to red carpet events, went to industry parties. My whole entire life, I looked up to these actors as, oh, my God, you know, Sandra Bullock and yeah. Jennifer Gardner and, you know, Meryl Streep. And you look at Hollywood as a sophisticated business that these women like they're, they're inspiration to millions of people around the world. And as I got into the business on the outside of it, I would party a lot and I was drinking and I never I always like thought about my childhood like not being loved and accepted. I was very confident, but I always felt a void of, of not having authentic love in my life. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what it was and I was chasing it in the industry. Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, hanging out with crazy people. I think I, I have this thing inside of me where I get so bored that I have to either be the crazy person in the, in the party or I have to go to the crazy. So I freaking saw a lot of things I shouldn't have Mm -hmm. seen And with that being said, I just saw a lot of people, you know, I've had women that were married with children try to date me, big celebrities Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not going to name names. But, you know, it was just hard to see a lot of the crazy side of Hollywood and the hypocrisy and the cheating and, like, swinger parties and drugs and anything goes. That affected me because I always carried, like, self – Integrity, like that, was always really important to me. Than so, money and fame. So
0: you're there, you're there thinking, okay, I'm looking for love because you never had it. You're looking up to Hollywood, like it's this this career, and it's like this bells and whistles. And then all of a sudden, you get there and you realize, yeah, dude, it, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Devastating.
1: You put you, you
0: open the cur- curtain and you realize, wait, it's not what it seems. And no. but you're but this is like way gnarlier than Wizard of Oz because right. you're seeing the orgies, you're seeing the drugs, you're seeing people that you looked up to and this all this like debauchery. Well, not
1: even just me. The world looks up to these people the world, and then yeah. how they, their integrity and their truth behind closed doors, it's just, it. I, n- I never felt fulfilled. Yeah. I was making money. I was on a show. I wasn't a huge celebrity, but yeah. I was recognized yeah. and I just was like, you know, this is the most unfulfilling career anyone can ever have. Mm-hmm. And in, through my 20s, I struggled with it big time. And instead of leaving the business and maybe doing a new career. I stayed in it and just was extremely unhappy, drank a lot, mm. partied a lot, yeah. meaning just did crazy things, partied with crazy people.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cause you're empty. You're anything just anything
1: to numb pain. Yes. From the real world.
0: how the, how'd your, um, wait, so were you dating girls back then at that time or where? Well,
1: I didn't, I always was, my mom raised me like gays are sick. And if you're gay, you know, you're sick in the head. I, I was raised, from that, so I never my whole life was exposed to any gay people yeah. until I was modeling, and yeah. I was on going out with executive producers that were gay. So they'd bring me to the Abbey. There was a bar called Here Bar that's no longer there; it's called the Chapel now. But it was a big thing in that business because these celebrities were still. go. This was before Instagram, Facebook was barely popular; it was MySpace. But this was when like the Lindsay Lohans, the Paris Hiltons, everyone was out partying, doing drugs, acting crazy, like. DUIs on the freeway. You don't see that much these days anymore. I was in
0: Hollywood partying in right. those days with one of our team riders, Chad Muska. The guy
1: oh, I know him. Isn't he a skateboarder? Yeah, the, so yeah, that's yeah. the
0: company he used to manage. Okay. So he was the main guy that started the company and then hired me to come in. And okay. So he was dating Paris Hilton for a while. So okay. we would be I yes. was in that same... We probably crossed paths. Probably.
1: We were probably... <laughs> I was probably 20 years old, not even 21 with my fake idea yeah, Some exactly. party sitting there well, at Janice Dickinson, I well, don't know. Who
0: knows? We'd be at clubs at uh, Paris Hilton's Nikki. They, they, weren't, they weren't even 21 back then. Yeah. When we were clubs. I met...
1: I've partied with Nikki Hilton a couple yeah. of times.
0: They weren't even 21 back then. So anyway, yeah. So it was during this whole era, you're Yeah, here. no. It's
1: just... It was a crazy party, fun time. And, you know, I just... I started hanging out with all these gay people and then there would be gay women and I would just flirt with them and joke with them and then you know I got I would kiss them and then it would lead to other places I guess and I just so, was having fun I don't know So
0: it's so this started cuz I've heard this story before where like someone breaks up comes from a broken home like a fatherless home or a motherless mm-hmm. home and what happens is they get attracted to that person that left them that sex like that male right. male likes male I mean
1: it makes sense Like
0: what you were doing cuz they're looking for that and then, but what happened with you is you were just partying and having a good time. And it's almost like it just started so slightly like, ah, I'll give her a kiss.
1: Right. It's right. party Just mode, partying. Yeah. Just, I'm just having fun. It doesn't mean anything if see, I sleep with them. Who cares? I
0: haven't heard. I haven't heard this side. This just started just like playing. Like you're just partying, getting drunk. And it started so minimal, like no big deal. But then right. there was a shift. And then all of a sudden there was like an attraction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I... I'm also one of those rare people where I'm misunderstood a lot. Where I don't really, never, even before I became a Christian, I don't put labels on things. So I yeah. never was like, I'm straight, I'm gay. If yeah. I fall in love with somebody, yeah. whether it's male or female, that's yeah. how I live my life. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm in love, and yeah. Yeah. it you, is you what it is. You
0: didn't have a label, never like today, labeled myself. Okay, right. So, <laughs> so good thing you don't label yourself. So, um, what? Okay, so you're dating, you're miserable. Miserable. Miserable, miserable. What was the change? What was the point in your life when you were just like, okay, I got to get out of here. What the heck's going on in my life? Was there like a main event that happened where it just brought clarity in a sense? Yeah. To, to like soul searching for something – Greater than what you were living?
1: When I was in my late 20s, my mom was in the hospital, diverticulitis, because the alcohol, they had to cut a portion of her colon out, and she was going to die. And of course, my dad, as as hard as he is on me, called me and is like, you know, we got to drop a will, you know, your mother's going to die in the hospital, you need to figure out how to do something about, and of course, I'm in charge of all of it, so. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother, one year, younger.
0: So you're in charge here, okay.
1: Yes, um it devastated me i remember going out in la and i just remember drinking so heavily like i was drinking pounding whiskey and just numbing so much pain from okay my mom's going to die i'm at rock bottom i hate i'm making money in commercials i never pursued tv and film i hate the entertainment business that i'm in i hate myself yeah um i i remember i think i had a one night stand one night where i just slept with this famous golfer from new zealand mm-hmm. Um and just was rock bottom, you know. Mm. Wanted to leave the business, felt stuck. And a friend of mine um, took me to a Christian meeting or a um, a how do you call it? Um, was it like prophet to, to a prophet was doing some, so, some sermon guy that, in Orange some guy County, that was like prophesying, or right? Something. Okay, and I was like, "What the hell is this? This is like the last thing I need." But mm. I was so rock bottom. I'm open to it. Mm so i had a powerful encounter with God that night what happened it changed my life um they prayed over me and i felt this peace mm-hmm. and the holy spirit <laughs> I about the holy spirit uh-huh. and um, oh, wait okay so i got a question yeah.
0: did you ask for forgiveness or like
1: i did not no so they
0: just they just prayed and you received right. you felt like well, kind spirit. of
1: i fell out in the spirit uh-huh. and that scared me mm-hmm. cuz i kind of blacked out i'm on my back pe- you can't. I forced myself to get up because I had never experienced that before. I couldn't get up. Um, I guess I felt in the Holy Spirit. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. I felt a peace. Mm-hmm. I felt weights lifted off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt a genuine love that mm-hmm. I couldn't explain. Um, I just felt like all of the the heartache that I was carrying my whole life mm-hmm. had just disappeared in that moment, and I was just a changed person. I began to love myself, mm-hmm. love life, and most importantly, love other people. Um, I was always just carried my life with extreme sarcasm and mm-hmm. comedy because yeah. I think that's a way of numbing pain. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I was like, you know, I'm not, it's not that I wanted to die, but I just, I just wanted to, I wanted life to be life again. Mm-hmm. And it was an important moment for me.
0: So I have a question. That That's awesome. Um, I have a question. I've I've heard so many stories of people praying for people and the Holy Spirit just yeah baptize them, just fill them right there on the spot. And uh, Lacey Sturm, the lead singer of the band Flyleaf, and she has her own solo album now. She's done a lot of stuff for Bailey Graham Association um, on her oh, off time. Okay, great. When she's yeah. not, she's a she's on the mainstream record company, but then mm. she also does Christian stuff. But she had that same encounter. She was suicidal, depressed, and she was the guy the pastor had a word of knowledge and goes, There's someone in here, there's a suicidal spirit, and God Mm -hmm. wants to tell you he loves you and wants to be the father. She went to run out and then the guy at the door, when they broke up, everyone leaves. She walks the door and the guy goes, Hey, God wants me to tell you that he loves you and can I pray for you? And he prayed for her and the same thing happened. She like woke up on the ground. Right. She says she put she just says she blacked out and then she just woke up and that was like the change. And it's just so it's so weird because, you know, um, you just we don't you don't know what God is going to how God is going to encounter people. But then, you know, she got filled and she started going to church and then she just repented. And, and right. when was it in your life when you were like <clears throat> after you got filled? Did you realize you were a sinner and you had like what was that? What was the process? I,
1: well, it was it was very fast, but then also very slow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I take everything very seriously as far as. Okay, there's something going on here mm-hmm. because I've been clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. I've been on Ativan anxiety mm-hmm. medication. I've numbed pain throughout my whole 20s. Mm-hmm. So all that experience that I had losing 20 pounds and ended up in the hospital, mm-hmm. dying of clinical depression I didn't know, going to therapy for four years, You know, sleeping with men and women, experiencing different situations with celebrities, having that life experience mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. literally in 8 to 10 years that – traveling the whole world and seeing different people. Um, I just knew that I don't know God. I don't know the Bible. I didn't even know the difference between an Old and New Testament. Mm -hmm. I was not raised a Christian, Mm -hmm. never was brought up in my childhood Mm -hmm. ever. And I just knew that God has changed me in a way that I can't explain. Mm -hmm. I have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. and I, st- I plugged myself in right away. Mm-hmm. I remember right when I got saved, I went to a church nearby where I lived in Koreatown Town called mm-hmm. Oasis LA mm-hmm. and um, walked in there, and some some great woman came up to me who's a friend of mine, and she goes, Hey, you know, I know you're new here. I haven't seen you here before. We're going to go feed the homeless on Friday night. Would you like to come? And I've been so used to, like, drinking for the last 12 years on Friday night. Like, Friday night was my night to yes. party yeah. hard. And I'm thinking,
0: Be the homeless.
1: wow, like, this is really <laughs> cool and different. Like, I've yeah. never heard this before. I didn't even know being a Christian for a month This is, is even a thing. Yeah. I plugged myself in hardcore. I walked the streets, got, you know, got on my knee. A lot of Christians, you know, I don't judge them, but I was, new, I was a new Christian. Yeah. I talked to these homeless people. Like they were my brother and sister. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't condescending. Mm. I wasn't, I'm up here. I'm superior and you're below. I just got on my knee. I was like, would you like water? You know what's, I started talking to them about their life and
0: hold that thought. Yeah. Cause we're going to go to break and that's a great okay. place to pick up is you yes. out with the homeless people in LA yes. when you should be out drinking and partying it up. All right. Yes. I have Tracy Elizabeth in studio She was on the Janice Dickinson show. It's a modeling agency show. A lot of you guys have seen it. Um, We're going to right after the break, we're going to come back and finish this story. We got a great last half of some good questions. Um, Connect with us at the com. You can download um, our app. We have all the past radio shows. We're on YouTube, social media. We got products that support the movement. We tour high school tours. Um, Pray for us donate help us fund our mission to bring the great commission to the world so we'll be back uh, right after the break and when i come back from the break i want to ask you that question about what your uh, what your gay friend asked you or i think you asked your gay friend you said yeah. something like um, um what, what, what was the question
1: i asked a couple of my gay friends this morning um what prevents you from wanting to go into a christian church and right, get we, plugged in
0: we want to get to that question right after the break <laughs> More of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now, back, back to The Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back. I have uh, Tracy Elizabeth in studio again. And right before the break, we were talking about the fact that uh, you were... You got saved, you went to church, you received the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um and normally on Friday nights you actually go out and party. But the it's church the weekend,
1: sa- gotta get it started. I, I get it. I
0: always start on Thursday. Um it, Wednesday. I start if on Monday.
1: Or Tuesday. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but then they go, hey, uh, let's go feed the homeless. And you're right. like, what the heck?
1: Well, I thought it was beautiful because I've yeah. never obviously fed the homeless on a Friday night. It was kind of time to get ready and go party. Yeah. So I did, and I was kind of hesitant but you know we put on our backpacks we had these pre-made lunches for them and i just remember like getting down on one knee and just talking to them just not even here's a water bottle just Mm -hmm. how are you doing are you okay like what's going on yeah yeah and them opening up to me more so than everyone else Mm -hmm. it was very interesting and um and then i got so plugged in i was so on fire for god Mm. got i got plugged in right away can, and, I, can I cut in really quick? Yes.
0: So a lot of people, they give their life to God. Right. But they never get on fire for God. But when you get activated, like as in when you get saved, you get filled with the Spirit, and you start um, doing, yes. like going out and serving, should we say? Yes. That's when you get on fire. But right. why, why do you get on fire? Because you just start seeing God move and these encounters of God. When I say encounters, like these like conversations, and you just see God's presence in the... It, amongst you
1: well i kind of say it like this i've been on you know i've smoked pot i've been on xanax i've been on antidepressants cigarette i mean i've done a lot yeah i've experienced a lot i put myself in those situations on purpose i've lived a lifetime in Mm -hmm. 10 years Mm -hmm. i really have Mm -hmm. and when you feel the peace of god Mm -hmm. and when you feel authentic things for the first time your whole life i've been searching for like what's authentic? Like what's real? There's something missing in my life. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I thought it was entertainment. I thought it was money. I thought it was fame. I thought it was, there was nothing until I met God, knew who he was and he showed me. And he goes, I have a plan for your life. I just thought I'm going to get saved and live holy. I didn't realize like, no, God's like, no, I have a plan for your Mm -hmm. life. I'm guiding you. I've been here this whole time. I remember not to get off subject, but I was, uh, three years old and my um, grandmother she had a picture of a painting of jesus and i was in my car seat i was near belinda and i looked over and i saw jesus in in human form mm-hmm. and he had a white robe on his hair was my length goatee sandals and a walking stick and he was sweating and he would he wouldn't make eye contact with me but i saw him mm-hmm. i was four years old mm-hmm. and i said mom that's the guy on grandma's wall and she was like what you? she couldn't see him but i could mm-hmm. and um so I knew for my whole life I knew Jesus mm-hmm. existed or he, this man was mm-hmm. real. Um, but the peace of God that you experience. Mm-hmm. There's no drugs, alcohol, sex, mm-hmm. anything you can think of in the world that compares to it.
0: I want to address two things from what you just said. I've heard a lot of th- – there's been stories of Jesus appearing himself. I remember when my mom was – she was in, uh, going through breast cancer surgery. She was laying on the bed about to go in, and she said from the corner of her eye she saw mm-hmm. Jesus appear. You know, and it was just more like that he was with her, right. going through this. So that is that is so common. I've heard that with with many people. And then you know, you're talking about the authenticity mm-hmm. of finding your whole life. You're looking for the what's real. I
1: think everyone in the world is looking for something everyone. authentic.
0: And you identify and you, with like, like politics skateboarding or politics or or music right. or whatever, and you're like, this is who I am. Do I
1: need to go out and protest? Do I need to? Is politics making me happy? I tried that. All of that. Mm-hmm.
0: But, but you know what? I agree with you. When you find God, oh. you find out who you are.
1: Exactly. You're like he shows a, you. Yeah,
0: and all of a sudden you're like, dude, I have so much. It's like you become confident, more confident than you ever have. Well, you been. know
1: who you are. Yeah.
0: For so the first time in your so life. So you're not being affected by politics. You're not being affected by music culture. You're no. not being affected by these things. You're None like, okay, yeah, I like that. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Right. But you know who you are. You're not finding your identity in. In these things, right, and it's very important
1: because, like I said, I love people unconditionally. Yeah, no strings attached. I love you because God loves me, and I have a relationship with Him, and He loves you through me. Yes, so important, and it takes people decades to get that. The fact that I got that in less than two years, yeah. But you, I can carry you all, that with me my whole life.
0: Were you all plugged in? Like when I All said plug, plugged in. You were like, go I did church. internship
1: at, at church. I sure. was serving. I did Bible studies. I go, you know, I know God's real because I feel it, but I don't know anything about the Bible. Yeah. Oh my God, I studied the Bible in my room for probably three years. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I didn't go to a bar. I didn't go out. I didn't go to dinners. I mean, I saw family and friends. I was so plugged in and wanted to educate myself yeah. on who God was. Jesus, the New Testament, all of it,
0: and that is the key. And that's what a lot of people don't do. They give their life to Jesus. They they encounter God's presence, and then they go back to their old life. When when I got saved, I did the same thing. I was literally for for two years solid for sure. I was going to church seven days a week. Yeah, I was calling churches like, are you open on a Tuesday morning? Are you yes. open on Wednesday? Bible study reading. Right. I didn't know any. I even though I grew up in the church, my dad was a pastor. I didn't know the Bible. Right. And I was like, I want to know what I believe because I know God's real like right. you. And that was the whole difference. Right. That's what happens in your whole life. Just, you catch on fire literally yes. and you just shift in your whole uh, life. So through that process, cause we have like 19 minutes left. Okay. I want to, I want to get some more stuff out of you while you're here. Um, so you're serving in a homeless ministry. Homeless but,
1: ministry at my church. But then, how would
0: you get into prison ministry? So
1: I was, I worked, went into the soup kitchen in the where no one wants to work at the church. I was like, well, I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah. So I, the homeless people would come in that couldn't afford groceries for their yeah. families, and yep. then so I'd be down there giving out the groceries. So I wanted to work in like the worst because everyone at church they want to be like on the stage. That's so that's another thing, a problem. I have a problem with Christianity. They want to work like with the pastors or pastor's assistant. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where's the worst place to work in a church? I'm going there. So I went downstairs and um, a well, friend of mine. I, I thought
0: about that verse. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. He's the one that raises up and tears down.
1: Well, that was the true the test for first me. The first will with become humility. last and last
0: will become first. right?
1: The humility that also I've learned from God and he's yeah. instilled in me has been such a beautiful journey. Um, without trying to sound like a hypocrite, because I do hang out with the sinners and people, you know, are like, "Oh, you, you're drink, you're partying with the with the partiers," and
0: you're supposed to. That's what Jesus did. Thank you. He hung out. They they said he's a a glutton and a drunk. They said right. that about Jesus because he hung out with sinners. With the
1: tax collectors. Exactly. And that's exactly what I do. And I feel like sometimes I'm a hypocrite for doing that, but no. I'm doing what but God's that's, calling me to do.
0: That is the inst- You should not feel like a hypocrite. That's the institution of the church right. that we talk about on the show is if you become institutionalized, then right. your concept is like, oh, ministry is if I'm at church, if I'm working in the child right. care, if I'm an usher, if I'm next to the pastor, if I'm singing on stage. That is one aspect, but Jesus talks about the Great Commission before He left planet Earth. Right? Yeah, that's. What true. are the things He said to the disciples? Go into the world, okay. preach the gospel, right. baptize them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey My commandments. You teach them how to obey My commandments in the church. That's what the church is for. But then right. what happens after that? You go to the world. Right. But what happens in church institution? that you know that you're doing you're out you're you're a great commission you're a goer right right everyone has a different call too exactly so you can't put your convictions on other people but jesus told everyone to go but what happens is people get stuck in the stain and being in the church right. because it's all fuzzy and nice and it feels good Well, and, and, and that's safe.
1: you know the celebrity part of christianity where people want to be the pastor and want to be known i'm like i did all that i was in the business you know i've been on a show i know what it's like to have yeah. fame it's it doesn't make you happy, but people don't know that. They have to experience that themselves. Exactly. So I decided I'm going to go downstairs where no one is. I'm going to serve. And um, one of the staff members, you know, was like, oh, you're connecting with homeless people. You're you're doing, you're working down here. Who does that? Like, why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. And so she goes, you know, why don't you apply to become a chaplain at the L.A. County PD? I go, I didn't even know that existed. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I applied, ran my background check, got, you know, interviewed with a couple of sergeants, a couple of pastors. And then because of my story yeah. and because of my history of. Oh yeah, because your dad, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that too. Well, no, that's cool because like that. The, right. Well, yeah. and my grandfather, who was a sergeant of the IPD, yeah. um, they just were like, you know, you're, you would be amazing. And so therefore now I've been doing um, prison ministry for a year. And a lot of even the sergeants or the police officers are like, you know, when so-and-so comes out of his cell, he talks to you. I see like a calmness of peace. And they're like, you know, one of the women was like, I don't know what you're doing. Mm. But, you know, I think that you're really getting through to some of these people. Yep. I mean, it's from 18 to 80 years old. Yeah. Um, I go in there with no makeup on. I don't. I go in there with my military boots on and a T-shirt. Mm. And I'm just, it's on about me. Yeah. I don't talk about myself. Yeah barely telling my name mm-hmm. and I'm just there and I'm intimately like talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I say to them, I'm here cause I genuinely care about you. Yeah. I want you to do something better in your life. And sometimes I'll talk about my history of mm-hmm. getting off track and acting stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- a lot of them I've gotten really great responses with wanting to open their minds to god not only that but changing their life Mm -hmm. for their i mean i'm talking to 19 year old kids that have their whole life and they're sitting here going laughing thinking it's cute to kill somebody in a dui or graffiti a wall yeah Yeah. thinking use graffiti as art like do it in an art form like do it on Mm t-shirts you know be creative with talents Yeah. some people don't ever hear that i never heard that Mm -hmm. no one told me what to do no one guided me I had I found God at 30 years old and, you know, here I am. But still, I mean, life is not easy. And with God, there's a peace. Mm-hmm. But there's just, for me, I struggle with the hypocrisy of just the world of people like are constantly like trying to fulfill mm-hmm. themselves like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. It's hard. Th- the thing that I would encourage you on and the listeners is that you know what I've been taught is that you can't get your eyes on on you can't get your eyes on man because right. mankind will let you down. There's always you'll always be let down by people and the right. only true person and you already know this. I'm just talking to the listeners now. But, you know, Christ was he had no sin. He came he did right. it. He's perfect and he's the one that is the model. I mean, look at the disciples. These guys were with Christ for 3 years. Right. They are the most epic Bible studies ever saw the most amazing miracles, you know, healings, I mean, everything, right. and yet they still couldn't f- put it together. Peter Peter, blows it at the very end, you know, and then he repents and God uses him in a powerful right. way. But um, the well, we're ba-
1: not perfect, and I think sometimes yeah. a lot of people use God's grace or Jesus' grace to fall again.
0: Cheap grace, I call it. Right. Cheap grace. And I think
1: that's hard because, you know, I'm definitely not perfect either. There's some mistakes I made along the way. I was carrying a spirit of religion Mm -hmm. on me for a couple years because I got mixed up with bad prophets. And being a new Christian, Mm -hmm. everyone Mm -hmm. in the Christian community wants to tell you what to do, what's right, what's wrong. And they all have a different opinion. It can screw screw you up.
0: You got to be careful with with, – you got to be careful uh, on who – Because I know that you work in Hollywood and you're around a lot of different Christianity or Christians and stuff, and there's a lot
1: of different. um, There's so much diversity. It's crazy. There's different,
0: like, um, um, I can't um, can't even think of the word. Uh, There's different uh, views on Christianity. Yes. So you got people that are like. Have the prophets and then you have the people, and and they, they put themselves in these weird leadership positions, and then you got to watch oh. out to see who's real and right. who's fake.
1: The money, the love of money. There, there's just
0: a lot. Of, I know. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. I know. So you know, just the best thing that I would encourage you, and even the listeners again, because right. there's a big audience yeah, here. I, that's what I love about these conversations, is that you know you gotta be, you gotta see what God says, and I would say, people listening. Just because someone comes up and says they're a prophet or they say they're whatever and they they prophesy over you, you got to let it come to pass. Right. Because what I've learned in the past is there's a lot of cuckoos. And then there's like, God legitly uses people, you know, and this is since the beginning of time, you know, there was the false prophets in the Bible. I was going to say, let's (laughs) go back to the old Testament, (laughs) right in the, in the new Testament, Paul writes about false prophets Mm -hmm. and then there's truly stuff. Like I've been given words, you know, That have come to pass. And what I do is when I get words, I just sit and wait and I let God confirm through his word because that's the final authority. Yeah. When words, when, when, when stuff is spoken over you, you should be able to confirm it through the word of God.
1: Absolutely. Because
0: all signs and wonders point back to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah and that the word of God is real. That's the whole thing. But a lot of people, a lot of people get caught up in these words and they go chasing these words their whole life. I know. What if it's a wrong word? Right. And you're like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. What if that's not even like, because you know, when you're learning about the Holy Spirit, and this is a whole nother radio show that I do, I do radio shows on the, the work of the Holy Spirit is that when you start getting activated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, And God starts teaching you, like, He's been increasing words in my life. Like, I'll get words for people, but it's such a new area that I'm like,
1: yeah, it's, you get hesitant. Well, I, Even the prophet, but I can
0: I can make I can make a mistake because I'm right. learning how the gifting is working, and right. it's okay. You're not a false prophet if you make a mistake. Well, isn't the
1: prophet Elijah, even though he was confused in the Bible, right? Yeah, I mean, I and he was like the best prophet in the world according to the Bible, and he was confused. It,
0: it gets you know, like. it's it's. But this is the thing with with with, with gifts, right. and, and stuff you learn how to use them like with tongues and then there's right. translations and then there's word of knowledge, word of prophecy. There's different things or sometimes even as simple as hearing God's voice. And you feel like prompted to talk to someone and you're like, is that you? Is that, and are you? And then you go to talk to him and you ask him, Hey, and you say, hey, is this going on in your life? And they're like, no. And you're like, Oh, okay. I didn't hear God's voice, but I'm just stepping out in faith. Right. And you got to take chances and risk because, Peter took risk. He stepped out of the boat, mm-hmm. and when he stepped out of the boat, he started living the impossible. But the other disciples didn't. But
1: he still deceived God, which huh? makes him not deceive perfect. God. He, you know,
0: he he he. uh Well, he turned his back on him. Right. He turned his back
1: on him. Yeah. But he's not perfect. Right. And it's okay. And, and that, it's okay. And right. that's the
0: grace of truth. So, exactly. So um yeah so you know guys the most important thing is a relationship with God. That's what's happening with you. I see you. You know you are brand new. You are a new Christian. You got plugged into church. You start reading the Bible. You're letting God speak to you. Right. And God will direct you and he'll bring people into your life. And you got to, again, you got to always watch of of seeing who's legit and who's not. Because right. especially in L.A., there's a lot of oh crazy, wacky theology. Um, well, you ha- theology. And the, you know what? Theology is the word I was looking theology, for. Theology, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, there's also jealousy, too. too. And I think envy can mm-hmm. ruin relationships. I mean, not to boast, but, you know, being in the business and yeah. being a pretty girl in LA, mm-hmm. like there's, I've been dealing with jealous men and women my whole entire life. Yeah. Yep. So trusting people, mm-hmm. what are you, my friend, what are, are you intentions? not, what are your intentions? Yeah. I think that's with a lot of people in the business. Mm-hmm. We live in the most diverse cities in the world. Mm-hmm. LA has every single denominational race, mm-hmm. religion, you can go to anywhere in LA and get that. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I have orthodox friends, gay friends, yeah. celebrity friends. Yeah. I mean, I have so many different groups of friends that it would blow your mind. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've simplified my life, and I'm humble. I mm. love everyone unconditionally. Mm. I I know I know the truth. I know my identity, mm. but I'm still gonna. And so I misunderstood a lot, and that's I think hard for me. People yeah. that don't know me, they they judge me. I think they're misunderstood by mm. who I am as a woman, with religion, with. Mm race mm. with all of that and it can be tough you know
0: well you know what just follow the ways of Jesus' teaching Absolutely. and the bottom line is you know i know that you've been this is a new thing for you this has been a new thing and not right. super new but this is you're you're still you're still growing in your faith and we we always grow in our faith continually right um god just follow the ways of teaching and people will see your life and mm. the proof is like that old saying the proof is in the pudding like your life right just watch people watch your life People had to watch my life for many years and to see, like, is this going to stick? Because Ryan's a pirate. Is this going to stick? And then, next thing you know, they see it and it's like, okay, it actually – this is real. And that's right. it. And you don't, you're not here to impress
1: anyone. Yeah. It's not comp People like to not- complicate things. Cause I feel yeah. like people don't know that's where labels come from and mm-hmm. it's not complicated. I have a relationship with God. Yep. When I, when I have struggles, I mostly turn to God. I don't turn to people yeah. anymore. I don't conform to this world like I used to. Yeah. I used to turn to people and then I would get like, well, this person said this and this person. And it was so, so confused. it convolutes things and then people distort opinions and based on what they think is going on with you or with the world. And just go. To, I go to God. Going back know? to the
0: word of God. That's the, the word voice. of God and
1: God. Yes. He, absolutely. He speaks to
0: us through the word. Those are his words. And he.
1: Right. I mean, you know,
0: I could be struggling with something or going through a tough time or I need to an answer. Right. And I read the Bible. I can go get people's opinions. But then also I read the yeah, scripture and I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> that's what you say. And I know you just right. spoke to me. So that's the direction I'm going to go. And that's the safest. And that's. That's how we stay safe in theology Right, is just being word of God. Because if someone says something wacky and you're like, hold on, I got to take what you, this is what I always do. When someone says something, I always go, well, what does the Bible say? Right. Because if it's, that's, that's how you could decipher and, you know, what is truth and what is not true. Right. Cause if it doesn't add up with the Bible, I got to listen to this, 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 this black dude, uh, Tony Evans on, on this, uh, K Wave or the station that I listen to is this, is his brother from, okay. uh, uh mm-hmm. Texas. Amazing pastor. I love that. But he is always just like, Hey man, don't say, don't take what I'm saying. Just cause you guys are hearing this on the radio show right now. Right. What I'm saying or what Tracy's saying, go back it up with the word of God. If something right. sounds a little iffy, Go to the Word of God, right? And see.
1: Well, why do we have different religions? Because people take the Word of God, they get confused, or they distort it, or make it their own, and they're like, "Well, we like this part of the Bible, but let's tweak it and make it this." And then, oh, there's a religion.
0: They all they do is tweak one word in the Bible, and you have a cult, you know?
1: Literally, and it's or
0: the the salad bar. There's this one guy. He's he's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you on to him. His name is um, Charlie Campbell. He's an apologetist, so he basically breaks down. you, You know what that is, obviously. Of, that's like uh,
1: Ken Ham um, how he has that oh yeah, Ken, um, the ark Ken, Ken Ham yeah, yeah I love Ken Ham so he Hamm. breaks
0: down this guy break, has a series where he breaks down all the religions okay. and uh, he was talking about yeah you know some people like uh, the salad bar of Christianity or salad bar religion I like the grace and peace from Jesus right I like the um, uh, all you know all gods are one from this other religion or you know you put it all together and now here it is this is right. what I am the salad bar religion. it's not like that Right. You know, and that's why you have to know what you believe. And like what you did is you started going to church for three years, reading the Bible every day and learning what you believe. And we, we have to continue because we forget things. You well,
1: in COVID-19, because we're not in church physically, that's also been hard on me too, because mm-hmm. not being around and not being around Christians and what I'm used to, you know, I got, I was doing church like six days a week. Now, we, have, we have four not, minutes left. So I want to yes. break
0: that down because there is a lot of people that are going, it's been tough because you're disconnected from we want prayer fellowship yes and uh, what's the other one I forget <laughs> you want you want prayer you want prayer you want fellowship and then there's another one that, but these are the things that we're missing is fellowship Truth. I'm just kidding yeah we're missing we're missing the um, fellowship I know and that's been hard and a lot of people are Worship. going through that
1: yeah
0: yep um, any last word? okay let's 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 end it like this let's lead people to Jesus mm-hmm. So any last words that you want to say to someone that's dealing with their sexuality, maybe you know, you were dealing with lesbian, you were you were sleeping with guys and girls. So uh, you know, people that are dealing with maybe you're a girl or a guy and you're you're sleeping around and you're just trying to find love in all the wrong places through relationships. Maybe you're you're thinking if you get rich and you become successful and a celebrity right. or anything like that, uh that that will bring happiness. Or maybe you're caught up in drugs and alcohol and all these different things that are destroying your life. You don't have control. You come from broken homes like you, from a broken home. Your mom was a drug addict, alcoholic that died from it. And then your dad was a super strict dad and broken home and just craziness. What would you say all encompassing to those people?
1: I would say that take it one day at a time Mm -hmm. and go to people you trust Mm -hmm. and that you know that love you and confine in people. Um, obviously the word of God and go to God and pray if you believe in prayer. This is what I tell the inmates in prison because a lot of them are atheists. They don't believe. Mm. And um, I think that, you know, being your authentic self and, you know, sometimes I hate to say this, but our experiences and our testimony, sometimes can get us out of, you know, a life that has burdened us or hindered us most of our lives. Um, I've always taken the hard way out. I've always, that's why I think part of my journey with God is I've had so many different experiences that I know what feels good and what doesn't authentically. Yeah. yeah. And I would just say that to just be strong and to maybe hear someone that's been through a lot of yeah. different situations that to kind of take my word for it as I'm being authentic with you. Um, it's not easy, you know, coming on your show and sharing my life because yeah. you know, it's not but ab- my life is not about me anymore. Yeah. And my life's about God and telling people like, "Hey, this is real. yeah, it's authentic. Yeah. God's real, God's authentic. Yeah. It may not seem like He's here, yeah. but he is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that inner voice, those instinctive feelings, mm-hmm. that's the Holy Spirit yeah. trying to talk to you. Yeah. God wants a relationship with every single person, yep. and just be yourself and don't change who you are for people mm-hmm. and just go to the people that you love and care about and you can trust. And I think just try to be with God, connect, put on a worship song, put on a sermon. Mm-hmm. Joyce Meyer's great. Um, Joel Steen's even great for beginning Christians that, mm-hmm. you know, want to just know what, what is love and what, mm-hmm. why God is love. And, um, you know, don't go to people that are hard on you. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes it can make things worse mm-hmm. and make you deeper into your depression or your addictions.
0: Yep. And, I would do this, too, uh, to the listening audience right now. Um, the best way to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ is basically you just got to confess. You got to repent. It means just basically saying, like, Tracy was like, I'm at the end. I'm over it. I'm done with this, the way I'm living. And you ask for forgiveness. You just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Like, just forgive me of everything I've ever done and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And he'll do it right now. Like, right now as you're watching the show, he'll just, he'll fill you because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is a consuming fire. It says so. Let Him consume every part of your life, and let Him remove the stuff that's you don't want. Your drug addiction, your, uh, you know, if you're having an alcohol problem, or you're cussing, or pornography, or you're sleeping around, or whatever right. these things are. And I've dealt with them, pretty much all of them, and you have too. That God will transform you. He will renew you, and He will show you who you are in Christ, and that's your identity, and that's where you find become authentic to who you are through a relationship with Christ and he'll do it right now Um, thank you for being on this show thank you for having Um, me God uses all kinds of different people to reach people where they're at but I would say get in a Bible believing church we have have, we're we're part of the Calvary Chapel movement Uh, they read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelations that's the way they teach they teach the whole Bible so you get the whole counsel of God and read through it learn it study it And you will live it, basically. So thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. God loves you, and God will never forsake you.
0: This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday
1: at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it
0: works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history,
1: culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker, John Driver, for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.